0: Hey babes, welcome back to Holy Babes Podcast. My name is Nisha Pleasant. Today we're going to be talking about repentance. And most people believe that repenting is solely asking for forgiveness, asking God for forgiveness. True repentance is more than just apologizing for your actions. So that is our topic for today. But um, before we get started, let's go ahead and pray in. Father God, ask that you touch everyone who is here listening, God. Ask that you lead the lost souls back to you, Father God, and that you be there with them as they t- take this journey, Father God, and that you lead and you guide them, Father God. That they hide your word in their hearts, Lord, so that they can continue to seek you, God. That they may have repentive hearts, Father God, and humble themselves before you, Lord, so that they can be on the path to righteousness, God, and stray away from the path of darkness, Lord. So we just thank you for their lives, God. We thank you for the wisdom that you're going to pour out into them, God. We ask that the Holy Spirit be here with us as we go over this study, Lord. Um, I ask as you guide my tongue, Lord. Help me to say the things that you will have for me to say today, Father God. May this message be pleasing to you, Father God. And may it uplift and glorify your holy and mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew chapter four, verse 17, NLT says, for then on Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now the Greek word for repent is metanaeo and the Strong's number is G3340. And it means to think differently or afterwards, reconsider morally. So the thing that I want to point out is that it means to think differently. And this is according to the Strong's Concordance. So in Romans chapter 12, verses one through two, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So true repentance is when you ask for forgiveness for your sins, but then you turn away from your wicked ways. You begin to renew your mind. You go and you begin to improve and be better every single day. You renew your mind by living according to what the word of God says and by reading the word of God and allowing God to uh, renew your mind and for the Holy Spirit to do a work within you. But you have to be willing and you have to have a repentive heart. And that is another thing that we're going to be talking about today is having a repentive heart. Um, So I was reading from James chapter four the other day, and there were some things in there that really caught my attention. And it made me rethink about uh, my testimony. If you guys don't know my testimony, it's on uh, season one, episode one, the very first podcast episode that I did. I talked about my testimony. So I'm going to go ahead and we're going to read from James chapter four, and we're going to be reading from verse one all the way down to verse 10. And I will be reading from my NLT Bible. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, You make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. He gives grace generously, as the scripture says. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter. And gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. So, as I said earlier, this reminded me of my testimony because, like I always say, God found me when I was a mess. And he left the 99 for the one and I was the one that day. And there's so many other people who have also been the one who God has saved. For me, I had hit rock bottom. And I felt like there was no way out. I felt like I was in just this deep hole and there was no way out. And I just felt depressed. I just felt so anxious and lost. And so many things were just going wrong in my life all at once. And I remember just having a whole replay of everything that I had ever done and the things that I knew were wrong, but I continued to live in sin. And I believe God showed me those things. He showed me a replay of my life. And I believe I started to feel so much grief, so much sadness for what I had done. And I had never felt that way before. I was willingly living in sin prior to this day. And I hadn't felt bad about it. I was a lukewarm Christian and I had not felt bad about it. And that day, that night, I started crying and having his presence filling the room and in that moment, and I always get teary eyed talking about this, so I apologize, y'all, for how my voice sounds. But, um, so when he, when his presence filled the room, I just remember realizing that I had not really been sorry for the things that I had done in the past, that I had never really truly repented to God. And after I read this, I just became even more thankful for how much grace God has given me, and there's so many of us who have just rejected God, rejected salvation, rejected the gospel, and me being lukewarm the way that I was, I had never truly repented. I had never really thought that the way I was living was wrong because it made me happy, so I thought. I thought that I believed that it had made me happy, and so Today we're going to talk about having a repentive heart. I had not had a repentive heart until that day. Until my whole world came crashing down and then God began to show me that he had a whole different world for me to begin a journey in. And it's the most beautiful thing that I've ever experienced in my life and I want nothing more than to share it with other people and Hopefully, prayerfully, they seek him and he shows them what he truly has for them. That God, you allow God to show you what he truly has for you and that you truly repent and turn away from your wicked ways. Because as the word says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is on his way and he is not coming for people who show him fake love. And he's not coming for those who pretend to be sorry. He's truly coming for those who have a repentive heart and who truly want to turn away from their wicked ways. Luke 1 Christians, this is a warning to you. You have to repent and you have to stop trying to shake hands with the enemy and the world and Jesus at the same time. Just like the word says, if you want to be a friend, of the world you make yourself an enemy of God meaning you choose to be an enemy of God when you choose the world over God when you choose to shake hands with the ways of this world and continue living in sin you choose to be an enemy of God James chapter 4 verse 4 Now in the word of God we believers are called the bride of Christ notice how in verse 4 It says, you adulterers. Now, what is an adulterer? Someone who cheats on their wife or husband, right? So when we choose not to be faithful to God, meaning we choose to live for the world, we are essentially cheating on God spiritually. You are cheating on God. You are choosing to be in sin. You're choosing not to walk. In faithfulness and be led by the spirit of God. In verse 5 it says, do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed, the Holy Spirit, the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Key word here is faithful. We have to be faithful to God. And to be faithful to him, you keep his commandments. Because that's true love. He tells us that in his word. If you were married to someone and they continued to cheat on you and they willingly did this, they showed no remorse, they willingly went out here and cheated, not one tear from their eye, nothing that showed that they were sorry, no actions to show that they wanted to do better. Would you believe that they were sorry? No, you would not. Now, let's go back to verse 7, which says, We're going to read on down all the way to 10, and we're going to just refresh our memories on what 7 through 10 says. So it says, So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. So like I said earlier, I had never truly repented. So until that day, I had never really been sorry. And that makes me think about the world today. I was in the world and... These days, um, the closer we get to return of Christ, the worse things are getting. People make a mockery of God. The name Jesus Christ is used as a curse word. The, people joke about going to hell, and then they turn around. And they repent for their sins. They well, they say, God, please forgive me for my sins. They share the quotes, the scriptures. They go to church on Sundays, but their hearts are far from Him. You might be able to fool everybody at that church. You might be able to fool your cousins, whoever, your nana, but you cannot fool God. The Lord knows your heart. He knows all, but he especially knows your heart. So when you get on your knees and you call yourself repenting, he knows where your heart is at when you're saying these things. God wants a willing heart, a repentive heart who is willing to turn away from their ways, And to be willing every day to get up and choose him and seek him and genuinely seek him. I'm not talking about halfway doing it. I'm not saying you won't ever fall short. There's grace for that. God knows the difference between someone who's willing versus someone who isn't, who's not even attempting. He knows the difference. So stop willingly living in sin and be willing to humble yourself before the Lord and be willing to live righteously. Jesus does not like fake love. He does not like fake apologies the same way us humans don't. So when someone you love apologizes after wronging you and you you would expect for them to do better, right? You would expect for them to put action behind that apology, right? You would expect for them to do better because when you have a relationship with someone or you want to grow that relationship with someone, you will make sure that you continue to pour into that relationship and give that relationship your all. Love is humbling yourself before God and choosing to follow him and his word. Let's read John 14 verse 15. John 14 verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandment. And let's read Revelation 3.16 as a reminder about being lukewarm. And it says, But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Something else I wanted to read is Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 23, which says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name. And perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. So, I just want to point out a few things. Notice how in verse 1 he says, Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And in verse 23 it says, But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, when I used to read this verse, because it says, I never knew you, I'd be confused because there's a verse in the Bible that says, so the verse I'm talking about is uh, Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. And it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So the reason this used to confuse me is because it says, I never knew you. So that used to confuse me because I'd be like, how does, how would God not know someone? And the reason I believe it says this, God says this is because um, just as somebody who literally is the parent of a child, they know that child. But if that child decides to disown that parent and decides that they do not want to be, you know, raised by that parent or live living with that parent, then that means that they don't have they won't have a real relationship with that parent. So it's the same thing. Of course, God knows you because he created you, but he won't have a genuine relationship. He wants a relationship with you. That's what it is. And that is why he will say, I don't know you, because he says to love him is to keep his commandments. But if you refuse to keep his commandments, keep God's law and do the will of the father, then you will not know him. You have to love him to form a relationship with him. You don't get to pick your version of love. You you say that your version of loving him is showing up to church. That's not love. You think that your version of loving him is sharing Bible scriptures every now and then, that is not love. And when you choose sin over God, you are hurting him. It is not pleasing for him to see you in wickedness. It hurts him to see you because he's given you the Holy Spirit for you to fight back, for you not to give into this world, for you not to give into the the schemes of the enemy, the plans of the enemy. Just as a parent who has raised their child to do right and you watch them, stray away from the ways that you have raised them in and choose to do wrong willingly. Not because they don't know better, not because you didn't install those things into them, but because they choose to live that way. Not because you didn't give them the tools, because God has given us the Holy Spirit. I want to remind you guys of how God felt back in Genesis when people were living in wickedness in Genesis, um, chapter six, verse six, it says, so the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and he put them on the earth. It broke his heart. So now God loves each and every one of us. But if you are standing one foot in the world and one foot out, there will be a day where God is going to call you out and he's going to judge you for it. You cannot have one foot in the world and one foot out. Not being all the way for Christ means that you are against him, that you are not with him at all. Because he doesn't see it as you half in and half out. And you cannot serve two masters. You have to pick a side. And if you don't pick him, that is your choice. He will not make anybody choose him. But understand what path you are on a path of death and destruction and understand what you're choosing for your eternity to be when you do not choose him because every day that you have breath in your lungs is jesus giving you another opportunity to choose him another opportunity to truly repent of your sins and to truly seek him and come to him and have a relationship with him so i will leave you guys off with this jesus does not love fake love He loves you, but he does not love fake love. I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. We thank you for this amazing message that you have given us, Lord. I ask that you touch the hearts of those listening, God. May they humble themselves before you, Lord, so they can be able to fully accept you into their hearts, God. May they seek you like never before, Lord. Draw them in, God. Knock on the door to their heart, Father, and may they hear you knock and seek you, God. Your word says that if they draw near to you, God, that you will draw near to them, Lord. Work on their hearts, Father, God. Soften their hearts so they can receive you, God, so that they will want to know what it is to have a relationship with you, God, and know who you are, Lord. Keep them away as they continue to deny themselves, God, and pick up their cross, Lord. I pray for their strength, God. I pray for their strength to leave their old ways, Lord. I ask that you just continue to do a work within them, Father God, that the Holy Spirit just takes over, Lord, and it changes their minds, God, and their spirits, God, that you create a new spirit within them, God, and that you renew their minds and cleanse their hearts, Father God. I ask that you just continue to Show them what it truly means to be believers, God. If there's anything that is not like you that is that they are doing in their lives, God asks that you show them, God. That you show them the things that you want to uh, remove that is not things that may be hurting them spiritually, Father God. That they are blinded by it at this very moment, Father God. Yeah, I that you help them to just continue to cut away the things that are not like you, God, and anything that is causing division, Father God, that's causing them to not be able to see or see clearly, Father God, I that you remove those things, God, so that they can see you for who you truly are, God, and see what it is that you are trying to do in their lives, Father God. We also ask that you bless their friends and their family members, God. Just continue to protect them as well, God. And that you introduce yourself to the lost, God. That your spirit fills them and that it fills the room, Father God. That they could feel you tugging on their hearts, God, and calling them back home, Father God. So I just thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy, God. We just thank you for allowing us to have this day to be able to read your word and to be able to repent of our sins and come to you wholeheartedly, Father God. We thank you for the opportunity to have a new day and be able to praise your name. Despite none of us being deserving, Father God, you still continue to give us your love and your grace, God. And we just thank you for doing that, God, and just being everything that we need and more. We love you and we praise your holy and mighty name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, I'll see you guys next week. Just make sure you keep God in the forefront of your Thanksgiving. And, and on Thanksgiving, I celebrate how thankful I am to have a father, like the one that I have, and to have the family that he's given me. And, you know, just everything that I'm thankful for that he's done, um, that is what I celebrate on Thanksgiving. And on Christmas, I celebrate him. I celebrate, you know, the coming of Christ and, um, just as they do in the Bible where they celebrate Jesus Christ being born. And that's just what the upcoming holidays mean to me. Make sure you take some time and as you give God his thanks because he's deserving of that and more. I thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love you, but Jesus loves you more. Stay holy and stay blessed. See ya.